this is As Told by Sherelle, and this is your podcast for self-discovery and inspiration through storytelling. Each week, you will hear a new guest and hopefully walk away with something that helps enlighten your journey. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for joining me, and remember, stop chasing tiaras and be the crown. Presenting Miss Nikki, the editor of As Told by Sherelle. She's brilliant, she's curious, and she's a damn good writer. Okay, so Nikki, what's your story? What brought you to writing and like what makes you continue to do it? So... I think the way I started with writing um, was really through reading. I think it stemmed from a little bit of loneliness when I was a kid. Okay. Um, I had to take ESL classes when I was in kindergarten, first grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I sort of always found solace in books. My mom was really good about you know reading with us. And out of you know my two parents, she spoke English a lot better than my dad. So she really spent a lot of time in the beginning with you know libraries and you know, library trips and books and. Um, I just always enjoyed storytelling, and then as I got older, um, older literally, (laughs) third grade, um, I just enjoyed putting words together. I mean, I would find any excuse under the sun to write a poem, last day of school, poem for the teacher, Mother's Day, poem for mom, poem for dad, poem for everybody, um, and it just sort of, you know, became a thing, and it sounds really cliche, but it's always just been a part of my life um and it's the one thing that I've always enjoyed doing Mm -hmm. as far as what keeps me going it's probably the most that I ever feel a sense of accomplishment is when I finish putting a story together um it's just a way for me to sort of process feelings emotions um and just enjoy doing it I enjoy being in my own head sometimes so like as a creative do you feel like everything that you're feeling always goes into what you're writing, or do you feel like you have to hold back sometimes? Uh, I try to, but it's hard. Yeah. I mean, they always say that when you're reading a book and you're reading, you know, character, particularly if the point of view is, you know, first person, mm-hmm. a lot of people always, or at least I feel like a lot of people always assume that that's the author's voice coming through, and that's right. not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it is harder for me, I think, to separate myself from the characters that I'm writing, which is something that I'm trying to be better about and hone my you know, skills mm-hmm. on. Um, I think it's a way for me to sort of work, th- uh, work through issues, work through problems, uh, work through emotions. And I'm definitely a bit of a walking cliche because some of the better stuff I've come up with um, yeah. has been yeah. like when I've just been yeah. really upset or really pissed yeah. off or, right. you know, and I... I tend to channel that sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So how do you ensure that you're getting all of your emotions out there? Like for me, I know I like to go experience as many things as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. I want to get as much information as I can, so that way I can take that and put that in my writing or in you know whatever I'm doing. So how do you kind of expand your horizon so that you can put that into your writing? Good question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think... I've realized as I've gotten older and the more, you know, that I do write and a lot of the stories that I come up with, they're very character driven. So I really use people. Nice. Um, I I know it's not necessarily the question, but I use people more than, you know, surroundings. Obviously, 
surroundings and setting um, plays a big part in a story, but I've realized every time I finish, you know, first draft, second draft, and I go back and look at what I have down, um, it's something that I always have to really work on more, is flushing out the setting more, because I'm really, really focused on the characters, and I really try to channel different uh, emotions, different yeah. circumstances that people tend to go through yeah. every day, so in a weird way, I think um, even though it's not something that I may have necessarily, you know, experienced myself, yeah. I know other people who have, or um, I imagine that it's something that a person will go through, whether it's a situation, an emotion, a difficult circumstance, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and I experiment with that. I experiment the possibilities of, you know, going through the circumstance and coming out on the other end, you know, what would the person, what would the person experience, what, how would they handle the situation, what would they be feeling, um, and I think that's where I feel most comfortable in is exploring the range of characters that exist in, you know, everyday life. And trying to, like, humanize that so yeah. that people can tap into mm-hmm. it. Yeah, like that. So then, as you're developing these characters or interacting with other people to help you develop characters have you ever just had like one line that just like yes this this is like the best line I've ever written and if so what is it so it was my mom's 50th birthday recently in April and my parents are in Albania they've been in Albania for a while so I thought you know what can I do for her birthday and I know she's really homesick and you know wish she was here to celebrate with the rest of the family so I wrote something for her um and I'm currently trying to get it published somewhere, so I'm hoping that somebody picks it up uh, to surprise her with that. But I, I find that some of the best lines I've written have always been about whether it was my grandmother or my mother. Um, so the first line I came up with, and there's two that I'm going to share okay. that I like. Um, the first one is from the piece that I wrote for my mom, and it goes, They say it's all about the eyes, but it's really in the hands when it comes to mothers. Fingers stroking through tangled curls until eyelids drooped heavy, heart lines running east to west, deep and long as rivers. And I don't know where the heart lines li- heart lines line came from, but it just it sort of came up. And as soon as I put it down, I was like, oh shit, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second one is from a fictional piece that actually just got picked up recently, mm-hmm. uh, a couple days ago. And um, actually, no, sorry, I'm thinking about a wrong piece, but it's. It's from a story um, in my current collection that's out on submission. Okay. And the collection is about their, all the stories are connected and they take place during communist Albania and they're connected through the characters and it's just their you know, daily lives and circumstances trying to live under an oppressive government. Right. Um, and so just some context, it's a group of you know, young teenagers who, are, who decide that they want to try to escape the country by swimming in the middle of the night wow. um, in the sea which is based on a true story. Um, And so the line goes, the only sound they could make were hisses as they slowly exhaled and let the cold water swallow their youthful, unscarred bodies. And out into the Ionian they went, fading like flickering candle flames. Wow. I like that. Because you can really imagine all of that happening. And And that's my thing. You really work in that surrounding. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. So that's my thing. I... I want the best compliment that I can get and that I have gotten occasionally um, is that people can visualize perfectly what it is that I'm writing and that's my thing is I want people to really feel like they're in it yeah 
um, see what the characters are seeing and experience what the characters are experiencing. I love it. It's really good. I want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you talked about not lacking human experiences or emotions, but looking to find or fill like those empty spots mm -hmm. um, in things that you haven't experienced, right? So, go back to a book that you've read before. <laughs> and think about a character you, I guess, relate to or one that you really wish you could relate to. <laughs> oh, that's so hard. And then um, what would you do in that book? <sighs> that's really hard. I. It's funny because I came across this, I think it was a tweet. It was like a, a tweet of a meme or something. Um, and it was like, has anybody experienced... Um, being asked, oh, what's your favorite book? And all of a sudden, you can't remember a single book you've read. Yes. <laughs> That's what it's oh, like. The time. <laughs> or you think of the really bad ones. Like, oh. well, I, I, I can do better, I swear. <laughs> um, oh, that's really hard. So, I don't even know if this answers the question. And this is, again, a bad book example. But honestly, it's one of the books, and this was from years ago when I was a kid, mm -hmm. that I, I literally couldn't put down. And people will laugh. But The Da Vinci Code... Mm. obsessed mm -hmm. um only because it was just exciting i thought that dan brown did a really great job of um really mapping out this sense of adventure and mythology and religion and the intersectionality of all of that yeah um i grew up on the indiana jones movies i love a good adventure story and a good treasure hunt story right. and particularly when it implements things like mythology and religion mm -hmm. Um, and when the material sort of toes that line between, you know, what is mythological versus what is religious, are they one and the same? And it just, you know, it, it depends on the person mm -hmm. to really, and their belief system to really interpret, interpret, um, what's in front of them. And I like that. So it, it's a really sort of shallow response, but I just, I loved reading that book and imagining that I was just sort of in the thick of things and running, you know, from Paris to Rome to wherever else. And... Um, and it was fun because it was, I remember having to Google some of the stuff, uh, to see, like, is this actually based on any, like, is this right. based on a kind of study that came out that I about? Right. And, um, and I always appreciate sure. that when the author creates such an atmosphere, uh, on the pages where you can't really always distinguish what's real and what isn't. Mm -hmm. I think that takes a lot of skill, um, that not everybody has. True. Very true. It's hard to get people to like think outside the box of your text and be like, hmm, mm -hmm. let me go do some homework. I can appreciate that because then I feel like I'm actually I'm a better, right? I don't know, I'm like educated and then I'm being educated in the process of reading this text. I don't right, know, and really being, you know, that. I'm being entertained. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so it was, it was believable even though it was fun. Right. Like, well, wait, is this based on some, you know, scholarly study that I'm not aware of? Oh, no, wait, it's just, it came from his head. Right. Damn you, Dan Brown. Can, <laughs> Teach yeah, like, me your ways. How do you think that way? <laughs> right. Well, and it's funny because I remember um, he had done an interview way back when the book mm -hmm. exploded on pretty much every bestseller list. Right. And he had said that he, he sort of had an idea for the story, but okay. he came up with the ending before he had figured out what the rest of the book would look like. So then he just sort of worked backwards huh. um, from that. He, That's cool. He knew what the ending was going to be, and then he just sort of filled in everything else uh, to create that ending, which I thought was interesting. Okay. That's not typically a process you hear no, it's not. working for a lot of writers. I'd like to try that and see what happens, but mm -hmm. I probably would fail. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, mm -hmm. what do you want people to know about your writing? As we kind of close this conversation, what do you want people to know most about your writing? You know what? And, goes, you know, your writing process um, that you, know, you don't feel like you get to share often. Yes. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I touched on it a little bit already where... I don't know that it's a thing that I can claim. I think it's something that a lot of writers can relate to, but it's really a way for me to communicate effectively and clearly with people around me, particularly mm -hmm. with you know people close to me, so family, friends. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to get, I'm a terrible public speaker, and I tend to get very flustered oh, if really? I get really passionate. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, sweaty palms wiped on my pants. Oh, yeah, the whole nine yards. I hate it. I don't palpitations. It's okay. awful. Huh. And then I feel like my accent just comes out oh, even wow. more, and I sound like a total fob. <laughs> like, why? Why am I pronouncing words this way right. in front of all these people? It's, it, it's a real thing. Right. Um, <laughs> but, and I tend to get flustered when... I get heated about something or passionate about something and I feel like I sound like a dum-dum, you know, and it just, I start speaking in circles. Mm -hmm. um, writing is a way for me to really, really think about what it is that I'm feeling mm -hmm. and how can I convey that. And I don't, I don't necessarily like writing in a very straightforward manner. I like using um, similes and, you know, just just the different ways that you can manipulate language to really get that point across. Um, you know, like the line that I shared where their bodies just sort of disappeared in the water like flickering candle flames. It's maybe an unusual way to describe, you know, people going off for a swim, but it, at the same time, I imagine that you had this perfect image in your head of what that exactly looks like. Yeah. Um, and that's what I try to do with, you know, with language. It's the only time that I really feel accomplished, it's the only time that I really feel like I'm getting my words out there. Right. And people can really understand what it is that I'm feeling. True. I mean, for me, I've always felt like writing is almost like quilt making, right? I'm not yeah. good with fabrics. <laughs> you know, but I am very, I'm not going to say very good, I'm decent at like finding the words that allow people to connect to what I'm trying to either express or, you know, like you said, that experience mm -hmm. or like yes. that visual, like, and it, it excites me to be able to find the right yeah. word. Like, yeah. there's nothing better than I don't like labeling things correctly. That is a big <laughs> thing for me. Like, I need to know the name of this really particular thing. So, mm -hmm. um, so like, yeah, quilt making, you know, but words, like, that's what. Yeah, no, I think that's. I, I think that's right, and I mean. I, whether I'm writing, especially when I'm reading, and yeah. I come across a book or a short story, or hell, even a poem, where I'm forced to consider, well, not forced, but I'm encouraged to consider a particular viewpoint, a particular being, if it's an animal, if it's some made-up creature, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. something that's different from what I am, or different from my background, and I can suddenly understand that perspective that existence mm -hmm. I always appreciate that and I think that's something that you know I try to work towards in my writing True. and right now it always comes back to my culture because not a lot is known about Albania right um but also I mean my my background is journalism so I, I've you know always been taught you know work with what you know write what you know right. so this is what I know and what I know well but then how can I you know make other people experience this in a way that's interesting and different that's true because you have to appeal to your audience a little bit. Right. That makes sense. 
Well, thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to As Told by Sherelle. For more weekly stories, please subscribe to my podcast.